Telus International Studios, where customer experience meets digital transformation. Welcome back to Telus International Studios. I'm Patrick Hawhey, and my guest on today's episode has been working at the coalface of customer experience for well over 20 years, helping companies to solve any issues that they face around acquiring, delighting, and retaining customers. Now, obviously, while every company will have its own particular pain points when it comes to CX, a lot of the time there are the same two or three fundamental issues lying at the heart of these pain points. And today's guest is an expert at working with those businesses in a very strategic way to uncover the root of the problem and to start help them turning things around. The company is called CX Journey. Annette Franz is the founder and CEO, and she joins me now here on Telus International Studios. Annette, you're very welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm loving that we get to spend some time talking about customer experience. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what this series is all about. And of course, that's what your company is all about. And I want you to tell me about your company, but I'm kind of interested in the name and I guess the name CX Journey. It probably gives us a little bit of a hint about how you define customer experience or how you see it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's sort of two meanings behind it, right? It is about the fact that customer experience, the profession, the work that we do uh, is is a journey, right? It's never ending. Um, and then, you know, it's it also speaks to the customer. It's about their journey. And, and uh, you know, their journey hopefully is never ending with your brand as well. But yeah, it's sort of two pronged, one about the work we do and one about the customers themselves. Because, well, you mentioned that and, you know, on the face of it, it's it seems quite straightforward. Of course, customer experience is about the customer. But, you know, sometimes and you've worked in this area a long, long time. Do you think sometimes companies, brands, organizations don't always see it so simply? Maybe they complicate it a little bit more than they should. Yes, all the time. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I actually um, I, I was working on um, this week's uh uh, blog post uh, over the weekend, and it was looking at some previous posts that I had written on this topic, and and it's all about human, you know, human, the human in the experience, and automation, and how how of a topic that's becoming, and all of that, and came across a, a, an article that I wrote uh, probably five or six years ago um, about just that, about you know what happens to us that we forget that there's humans on the other end of the line or standing in front of us, you know, and and they end up just becoming you know, account numbers and, and, uh, and, uh, credit card numbers and policy numbers, you know, and they're really, it's, the experience is very much human. And I, and I think companies forget about that. And what are the consequences of forgetting about that? Well, you know, the consequences are uh, eventually people will leave. Um, you know, the consequences of that are that I think it starts internally, right? So, for example, and my mind immediately rushed to a customer service call, you know, where the customer calls and, and the rep or the agent on the who answers the call is um, just rushed. It's like, uh, you know, I'm being, I'm being metriced, I'm being measured on how quickly I get this person off the phone, right? And, and all of these different things or how long the, the customer has to wait or was the customer you know, was it escalated or transferred? And, and so, you know, there's the rep sitting there thinking about those things and not thinking about the person in front of them and ultimately leads to more frustration for the customer. And, you know, eventually customers, you know, we, we vote with our feet, we vote, vote with our feet, we vote with our wallets and, uh, and we leave. And is that 
what will typically lead a company to call you, email you, get in touch with CX Journey? Is it because they're shedding customers typically? Yeah, you know what? That's that's one of the first questions that I typically ask when somebody reaches out to me. What is your what's the what's the catalyst? What's the pain point that brought you to this conversation? And I would say ninety nine percent of the time it is about retention, and we're losing customers, and we never even focused on retention. We always focused on bringing more customers in. But when we flip the and this is a an a real example when we flipped the spreadsheet over and looked on the other side there were retention numbers <laughs> there were retention numbers there that we never even looked at so and they were bad so yeah those are the kinds of kinds of uh, things that uh, happen when uh, when clients or potential clients come to me it's about you know we're losing customers so does that suggest that one of the big mistakes that companies make is that they're all about growth as opposed to maintaining what they already have and building on that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, obviously businesses have to grow, but there are smart ways to grow. And, you know, it's not about just pouring, you know, tons and tons of money into promotions and, and free this and free that and discounts and, and all of the things that are sort of, you know, smoke and mirrors, bait and switch, you know, hey, we, we, we brought in 10,000 new customers last month, but we're not talking about the 10,000 that left at the same time because we, we, it was bait and switch. We brought them in under this guise of, hey, we're cool. We, we do great things. And then they realized, yeah, we're not that great, you know, so, and, and, and they leave. Has there been, in, in other conversations you've had with companies and the clients you've worked with, has there been a common theme, some common reasons for why they're shedding customers? Yeah, you know, I I don't know that there's a common theme, but I think there's there are a couple of things that I that I have seen. And you know, when I first start working with clients, I typically will um, interview their executive team, uh, their some employees, a sampling of employees, and a, and a few customers as well, just to sort of get a baseline, a three sixty picture of what's really happening. Because a lot of times they won't even be able to communicate to me that the issue is that they're losing customers. You know, I've had clients tell me, "Oh, our pain point is is that we're not communicating well. We're not doing this. We're not doing that." But but it's always so much deeper than that. And so what I end up uncovering most of the time is that. Their culture is a mess, um, you know, the, and, and if you if you don't have that foundation in place, that's that's an issue. And the employee experience is a mess, too. You know, it's and in a way the two go hand in hand. And another thing that I've uncovered, too, is is the executive team. <laughs> Sometimes the executive team is a mess. And so, you know, it starts from the top. And if if, you know, your leaders aren't committed and aligned to that type of a business where we focus on making sure that we keep our customers and we keep them happy, then, you know, the rest of it is just, um, the rest of it is really hard to do. So, but yeah, there, it's typically what I find is it's, it's an issue between the culture and the employee experience. And so that's why I say you got to fix what's happening on the inside so that you can fix what's, you know, being experienced on the outside. And is there often a disconnect between what the employees see as a great customer experience and what they need to deliver that and then in contrast what the leadership might see about the same things are they disconnected yeah absolutely not always i will say not always so i'll I'll give you an example of of a set of interviews that i did for a client about a year ago 
um, you know, when I first started the engagement and was interviewing employees, their employees got it. They were the ones who said to me, we don't have the tools. We don't have the resources. Our, our policies are outdated. Our processes are broken. We don't have what we need to serve our customers the way that they deserve to be served. And, you know, that's powerful to hear from employees who want to do a good job. And I don't think anybody goes to work, you know, saying, hey, I want to do a bad job today or, hey, I want to frustrate my customers today. But but they're frustrated, right? Because they don't have what they need to do the, their jobs and do them well. And their jobs are to serve the customer. And, you know, it's 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 so frustrating to see that. And, 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 and they get it, right? So what ends up happening is you end up with what's known as hero employees, right? There's And, and that creates such an inconsistent experience for customers. There are people who just, it's just innate. They just know how to take care of people um, regardless of what tools or resources or whatever they have, right? And so these employees go the extra mile to make up for what they don't have, right? You know, and so, um, so, you know, but then when the customer deals with the business, it's not consistent from one employee to another. And to your point about the leadership team, yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, they have these expectations, but if you're not going to train your employees and teach your employees what a great customer experience looks like, and again, it has to be organization-wide, it has to be that consistent experience, then yeah, there's, there's a disconnect. And sometimes, you know, I'll hear, you know, someone's been voluntold to, you know, quote unquote, do CX, but nobody really knows what in the organization, what that means to do CX. And so, so that creates a real disconnect internally as well. And as technology has evolved and digitization has evolved so rapidly, have we sometimes seen technology or have you sometimes seen technology used as a bit of a bandaid? Just we throw in some, you know, some kind of AI or some kind of bot strategy and that's what's going to fix what is actually a much more fundamental and probably simple problem. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. It's, you know, it's throwing throwing uh, technology at the experience. And I, I say, you know, it's that's really lip service, right? You know, because technology is a tool that, facilitates and supports the experience. But again, the experience is very human, you know, and so um, we need to make sure that uh, that we remember that there's people on the other end and, and technology is just one piece of the experience, right? If you think about the definition of customer experience, it's a sum of all the interactions that the customer has over the life of the relationship with the brand and then the feelings, emotions, and perceptions about those interactions. And not every interaction is with a piece of technology. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, again, it goes back to the employees too, right? They have to have the right tools, the right data, the right, you know, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to serve their customers well. And, and, um, and then there's, you know, again, the human aspect of it, the empathy and the, and the caring and the really wanting to do what's right for your customers. So technology is just one piece of it, but yeah, I see that happening a lot. Oh, we, we bought system XYZ and we're good, you know, and that's just not the case. And as well, like over the last, I guess you're working over 20, 25 years in this industry, when you started in the industry, a customer journey or, you know, the amount of touch points that a customer would have with a brand was, let's say, you know, X. But today, that same journey must be X times 10 because with omni-channel, with so many different channels, so many different pieces of technology, it must look entirely different and more complex and harder to keep hold of from a brand's perspective. 
Very much so. I think you I think you nailed it right there with saying that it's much more complex. You know, I started in this field back in 1992. We didn't have <laughs> we didn't have any of this digital, any of this technology, any of these things that we have today. And really, in some ways, it has made the experience more complex. Um, you know, so that's why it's, you know, to our last point about, you know, throwing technology at the experience, that's not necessarily that's not necessarily the answer, right? You know, as a matter of fact, uh, I think it was PwC who had done some research and found that the more technologically advanced we become, the more customers want to interact with a human. And so, yeah, so you're absolutely right. This, a lot of this didn't even exist, you know, when I started almost 30 years ago. And it's been, it's been an interesting evolution. And, and yeah, the experience has gotten much more complex and it's put that much more, you know, demands on, on the business and on on the customer experience professionals, on employees. So, yeah, so <laughs> technology is good, but yet at the same time it has, uh, you know, evolution had to happen, but at the same time it created some uh, some complexity in, in the experience as well. Well, based on that then, what advice would you give or what are some of the techniques that company owners, CX leads, heads of operations, whoever's in charge of this function, what advice would you give them in terms of trying to map the modern customer journey to try and keep a handle on keeping things simple for today's customer, even with all of this complex technology? Yeah, I think I think map is is the correct word, right? So two different types of maps that you'll want to create and look at every indivi- individual experience separately. Don't try to throw it all into a big life cycle, you know, map and and think that you're you're journey mapping. You want to take a look at the experiences that are you know, your customer, you know, start with the low hanging fruit. Look at the experiences that your customers have told you that are painful or, or even where you know you're losing, you know, losing customers and map those experiences, right, with customers and really take the time to understand what they're doing, thinking and feeling, what their desired outcomes are um, in terms of, of that experience. Map that with customers, but then also uh, and, and, and capture too. You can uh, within those maps. You can also capture, you know, the people and the tools and the systems and everything that they were using during that during that experience. But at the same time, map the service blueprint. Right, map what's happening inside the people, the tools, the systems, the processes, the policies, all of those things that are happening behind the scenes to support and facilitate the experience that the customer is having. And I think that's gonna that's the that's the real key, right? Is is that's where we're going to get to the heart of the matter. We're going to get to the root cause. And we're really going to understand what we need to fix or what we need to change um, by doing that. Oh, you mentioned to do it with customers. What does that mean? So when you're journey mapping, if if you're not journey mapping with customers, you're you're probably uh, creating some assumptive maps. You're doing if you just gather a, a bunch of stakeholders internally to uh, develop your map, you're not bringing in the customer perspective. You're probably going to end up bringing in your processes and things like that. So we want to have customers in the room, not only customers in the room, putting those. You know, and I, I I like to do. I know it's been hard in the last year or so with with you know, working from home and everything, but I like to do butcher paper and post-it notes, you know, and get customers into the room, into the workshops with us and putting up the post-it notes and, and telling us what their experience has been, right? Um, so we absolutely want to do that. We also want to bring in other customer feedback that we have, you know, so we'll do interviews before the journey mapping workshops, but there's also, most companies have a ton of voice of the customer data that we can bring into the maps as well. So it's really important that we map with customers that we map their viewpoint their perspective so that and that's what 
customer understanding. That's what the customer experience is all about. It's about the customer. We can't just sit around in a room and say, well, we think this is what the experience is because uh, unfortunately too many companies do do that. Well, how long should a process like that take? And then how long once you feel that you've moved things up a level in terms of how you're delivering your customer experience based on this mapping, how long should you give that before you can figure out whether you've been successful or not? Well, that's a a great question. And the answer isn't a great answer. It depends. (laughs) So even (laughs) even like all the mapping, that depends too. You know, people ask me, well, or, you know, clients ask me, well, how long is that going to take? And I'm like, well, it could take, we could get it done in two weeks. We could get it done in six weeks. We can get it done in, you know, eight weeks. What, you know, it just depends on how quickly we can get everybody scheduled, get everybody together, you know. So the the work itself, you know, the workshop itself is is a day, right? And, And then, you know, the workshop for the journey map and the workshop for the service blueprint is another day. And that's done internally with, with employees. Um, customers are not involved in the service blueprint uh, map, but then, but then afterwards, you know, the key is then obviously to do something with what you learn. And again, the answer to that is it depends. It depends on, you know, if you've got that foundation established within your organization that you can take what you've learned and then go and and work with the folks who need to fix it. Right. And how long will that take? How quickly does change happen within your organization? Um, You know, who's got the budget, who's, you know, all of those factors come into play when we think about timing and then, you know, to your your point about how, how do we, how, or, you know, how long will it take to measure success? First, you have to add up all of those factors in terms of how long it, takes you to map all those things and then how long it takes you to make the change then closing the loop with customers letting them know hey here's here's what we heard here's how the experience has changed and to really set expectations with customers and then you know your voice of the customer program getting continuous feedback anyways but taking a look at the before feedback and then taking a look at the after feedback about the particular experience that you've changed it could be a matter of weeks you know after could even be days but usually a matter of weeks after the new experience has been uh, implemented where you're going to he- start hearing some chatter you're going to in, in your voice of the customer program assuming you're you know getting feedback on a daily basis where you're going to you know see spikes in satisfaction or you're going to see you know, a decline in satisfaction. I have a client that I'm working with right now who changed, you know, changed their software and um, they've been monitoring it, you know, before, during, and after the change. And, you know, they can see very quickly um, where things are going well and where things, where things have broken down, even with, you know, communicating what the changes have been. So... Well, then in terms of, of actually measuring success, am I correct that in the in the early 90s, when you started out in this world, were CSAT and NPS the, the key metrics? And if so, are they still the key metrics or has, has that area evolved as well? Yeah, you know, in, in the early 90s, what we measured was satisfaction and loyalty. NPS didn't come around until, you know, the early, early 2000s. So we were we were looking at, you know, customer satisfaction, we were looking at likelihood to renew, likelihood to recommend those things, but there wasn't a, you know, there wasn't an an NPS. Um, I I think in terms of what's being measured today, customer CSAT, um, NPS are still being used very much so. Customer effort score is another one that's been really popular. Uh, Ease of doing business, another one that's really popular. So those are, you know, feedback that we're getting um, from customers and and metrics that we can uh, 
uh, create as a result of that feedback. But then there are also, you know, your internal metrics too. You know, you're looking at shopping cart abandonment, first call resolution. You're looking at, um, you know, customer lifetime value, uh, you know, those kinds of things to start to measure success on your internal, for your internal metrics. And, you know, again, just like with the different touch points, all those different ways of measuring success can be, I'm sure, quite overwhelming for people who are in charge of this function. So are there pieces of technology? Are there ways to put these things all together and crunch them into something nice and manageable? Yeah, you know, there are a ton of uh, voice of the customer platforms out there that, you know, if you're if you've if you're working with one of those vendors, you've got a dashboard where you can establish, um, you know, a nice view of you know, your key metrics, your KPIs and, and not have to worry about that. Every, uh, every vendor out there in the, in the voice of the customer space has that capability. And yeah, that certainly <laughs> brings a little bit of sanity to that. You may also have, you yeah. know, an, an executive scorecard and that's not necessarily within the platform, but that brings in not just the customer, you know, the customer experience data and, and metrics, but also um, ties that together with the internal metrics, which is really important to do. And then one of my final questions, I'm really interested in, with the people you work with typically in a company, are they the customer experience lead or are they the head of operations or is it completely different with each company you're in? You know, it it, it actually is. I've had some really interesting uh, that are surprising, right? Um, just starting with a new client that uh, it was the CTO um, who reached out to me. Um, I've had three or four CROs who have reached out to me and uh, worked with them. Um, if it's the chief customer officer or the head of CX, it's usually somebody who's new in that role or newer in the role and is looking for someone to coach them along. So, you know, I've had um, heads of marketing. So, yeah, it's been all over the place, <laughs> which is yeah. which is probably, you know, I, I view it as a good thing, right? Because uh, I think yeah. that organizations don't always have a chief customer officer, don't always have a head of CX. And and if somebody else picks it up and somebody else realizes, hey, this is work we've got to do, that's that's awesome. And so with all the people you're working with, so let's just say whoever is in charge of this function within any organization, what are the soft skills that you think are really important? So, you know, let's say of all the people you've worked with, the ones that have really struck you as people who want to improve, obviously by calling you, they want to improve in the first place. But beyond that point, what are the soft skills that enable them to really create a better customer journey, to be open to the cultural changes that might be necessary? You know, what has shone through for you? Yeah, I, I think I think there's there's an underlying undertone under what current <laughs> of people who <laughs> whatever the word is there of people who care yeah. right people who care yeah. and who know that if we take care of the people the numbers will come i think that's probably the the biggest uh, soft skill um, that you have and that you have to have i think you i think they're also um, influencers uh, they are influential, influential within their organization, but they also know how to, um, how to bring everybody along, right. How to influence others and, and bring them along. I think that's the, that's the big one. Um, and I think it's such an important, and it's an important skill to have, right. Because this, this work that we do to, uh, improve the customer experience, isn't a, one man, one woman show, right? It is organization wide and you really do have to have the ability to, uh, to bring everybody along and unite everybody on this front. 
And I assume that a love of customer experience is crucial as well, because, you know, customers change, expectations change, technology changes. And, you know, I'm I'm sure it can be quite exhausting to keep up and to keep trying to stay ahead and on top of things. So I guess centrally, you got to love what you do. You really do. And, And it's sometimes it's a thankless job because you are sometimes it's like pushing a noodle up the hill. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> in many ways, it's like pushing a noodle up the hill, you know, and so so sometimes, you, you know, the current is moving against you and, and you've got to um, you've just got to keep moving forward. And, yeah, you know, they, they a lot of chief customer officers, a lot of folks in these roles burn out because it is hard work, it, because there is often so much resistance to change um, that they that they end up you know, just giving up, which, you know, is, is sad that that's sad when that happens. Yeah. And then finally, in the early 90s, I'm sure it was very difficult to see a point in your career where you would be going in and talking to companies about artificial intelligence, machine learning, omni-channel, all of these things. So today, are you totally open to the fact that in another maybe 10 years time, in terms of the technology and, and delivery of customer experience that we can't even imagine right now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, here's, here's the funny story. Back in the day, you know, I spent so much time also talking about, you know, hey, we need to focus on employee experience. And here we are finally 20 some years later where yeah. companies are. So, so yeah, so we may still be talking about AI and machine learning and automation 10 years from now in, in that same vein. But yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, the way that te- technology has evolved and the way that just the world has evolved. Um, I do believe there will be something else in 10 years that we'll be focusing on and trying to convince people that this is what it's going to take to uh, deliver a great experience. Well, I look forward to talking to you again on this podcast series in 10 years yes. and we can we can go over everything that's happened today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, look, obviously you're somebody who loves this industry. You're somebody who keeps on, on top of everything that's changing. And of course, you write about it, you speak about it. So where can people find out a bit more about what you do? Yeah, oh, thank you for that. Um, so my website is cx-journey.com. Um, my blog is there, um, contact information, everything is right there. So yeah, I'd be... I'd, Love it if people would uh, check that out and sign up to get my newsletter and you'll get your blog content in your inbox every week. Excellent. Annette Franz, thank you so much for joining us in Tennis International Studios here today. Thanks for having me. I do make sure to check out Annette's website, her blog, her newsletters. There's some really great stuff there. Annette has such experience in the industry, as you can as you can hear. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of TELUS International Studios. We'll be back very soon with another leader from the world of CX and technology. Um, if you'd like to find out more about TELUS International Studios and the work we do, just check out telusinternational.com. And until the next episode, take care. <laughs>